Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. This is Courtney, and I'm really happy you're joining us for another episode of In Doubt. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome. It's so good to have you. Typically, we talk to a guest and it's a brand new episode. But what I realized is that we have some pretty great episodes from a few years ago, and it's worth it to take some time and go back. So for the next few weeks, you'll hear some of our episodes from 2016 and 2017. So kind of a throwback series, if you will. So to kick off this series, we're going back to episode 38 that aired in October 2016, where Isaac had the opportunity to talk with Justin Brierley. This conversation centers around apologetics and the question of why it's important. So here's the episode with Isaac and Justin Brierley. Well, I'm honored to get to chat with uh, a man that I actually hear a lot through my my headphones, uh, usually when I'm cleaning the house or driving. Uh, His name is uh, Justin Brierley. He's host of Unbelievable. It's a a weekly podcast from the UK that that holds different apologetic debates. So thanks so much, Justin, for uh, coming on the show. Oh, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Yes, definitely. Um, I think it was June of last year I first came across your podcast, and it was actually uh, I, I I found out about you sort of through uh, through YouTube because I was uh, I was doing some research on homosexuality, and I came across this interview uh, with Robert Gagnon, <laughs> and uh, <Yeah. laughs> I, I and I listened to this podcast. I was like, holy, this is this is pretty extreme, and and then I started, you know, I kind of became addicted to your show, so I I try to catch as many as I can. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I, I'm really glad you found it that way. Um, I, if I'm honest, it, YouTube isn't something we've really massively focused on. And most of the shows that end up on YouTube are actually just other individuals uploading the, the MP3 files. And and, uh, and that's the way it gets around on YouTube. We, we sometimes film the dialogues and debates and, and they, they end up, some of those end up on YouTube. But... Um, but yeah, that 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 one you, you stumbled across was was a particularly, um, let's say, uh, sparky edition of the program, wasn't it? It definitely was, yeah. And not just that one, but I think about a, a few months ago, you had one with Sean uh, McDowell and uh, I forget his name now, another guy about yeah, the. Uh, it, it was yeah. a guy called um, Kenneth Humphreys. He's a, a Jesus yes, mythicist. That's it. And that's it. Yeah, they they well. Ken Ken on that show was um he he, he was quite um boisterous and yes. he 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 kind of was a bit like a dog with a bone on certain issues and he got a, a little bit um antagonistic at some point so it did it did <laughs> it's it's always fun when that happens so you don't want it all the time though you don't and sometimes you have other ones that are just perfectly casual and that's awesome yeah. as well so anyways you do a great job hosting the show so thank you for your ministry there justin it's great thank you for myself and for our listeners though justin why don't you just briefly kind of tell us who you are and and, and what you do specifically when you became a christian and and also when apologetics became something that uh, became of an interest to you okay well well just generally um i'm justin briley and uh, the i run this radio show and podcast called unbelievable it's been going for over 10 years now on uh, premier christian radio in the uk and it's very much a show that brings christians and non-christians together for dialogue and debate it's about testing the claims of christianity in that kind of open discussion format uh very often we also touch on 
theological issues between Christians as well. Um, but going back to my story, uh, really, uh, I w- was raised in a Christian family. Um, and so I had the privilege of, of, if you like, being immersed in that growing up. I'd say my faith really became my own in my sort of mid-teens. Uh, that was partly through church, my youth group, you know, a route that will be familiar, I'm sure, to many people. Um, but there was, I, th- I think I think I can think of a, a particular day when really, uh, when I was out away on a kind of a youth weekend, when it all came together for me. And, and I really had an experience, I would say, of God uh, that, that made me really accept it, made, made, made it real for me, made it something that I wanted to you know, give my life to. And and that's always stayed with me. And obviously, over the years, my faith has, has changed and evolved as, as faith does, you know, as as um, it's been through different experiences, um, probably uh, from the point of view of the apologetics stuff that I'm now involved in. I, I guess um, when I was in my, you know, still in my late teens, I, I got really turned on to authors like C.S. Lewis and uh, devoured quite a bit of his his stuff, his apologetics sort of stuff, um, when I was um, when I was in my gap year before university, um, and and then at university, you know, I, I went to Oxford University, is a, a really thriving Christian union there. Um, that was great for being able to look into some of these issues, and obviously having non Christians around and friends who weren't um, Christians, it, it made me start to look at some of these issues from a sort of you know what what are the reasons I could give for why I believe, are there, are there objective reasons for faith? I, I went through a sort of, at one point, a mini faith crisis um, where I, I kind of, uh, because of a certain friend sort of and the challenges they brought to me, I, I kind of did go through that whole thing of, oh, is any of this true sort of thing. Um, I kind of came through that. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily particularly apologetic saved me at that point it was just it it was just kind of a passing thing really um and and in many ways i've heard far stronger apologetic uh, arguments against christianity um since i've been doing unbelievable as a radio show than i ever heard at university but but um in a way i feel more prepared to uh uh, to, to to find ways of of encountering those um uh, at the same time so uh when when the show began, I really wanted it to be a way for our, our radio station to start to interact with non-Christians more. Um, we, we're very good at speaking to Christians about Christian things, uh, but it can be a bit of a bubble sometimes. And so I, I wanted to find a way of, of breaking outside that bubble a little bit and finding um, a, a way to talk to non-Christians and, and hopefully model good conversations uh, on that front. And uh, and so Unbelievable was born and we do live in, in a more sceptical age um, that, that people aren't willing to... Well, here, and, and I'm sure you've had the same in Canada, we, we, we live essentially in a post-Christian age in the UK now where where nothing is uh, assumed as as being true there's no guarantee that people even know the basic narrative of christianity but um and and, and the dominant sort of worldview that at least uh, as far as i can see has crept in uh it has been a kind of an assumption of atheism an assumption that all there is is uh matter in motion that that science sort of explains everything and um and uh whether that's you know, really thought through is another matter. I think a lot of people haven't really considered the consequences of, of adopting that kind of worldview. But 
But this is the the point at which I think um, we do need apologetics because it, you know, go back to the 1950s and Billy Graham could come to the UK, put on a, a crusade and uh, lots of people would come and you'd see lots of people convert. I don't think you can do that today because people are at a different place now than they were 60 years ago. And 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 actually, you you need to give people a reason to believe anything. Um, so so you can't assume that there's a sort of a basic Christian understanding which which you can go off. And and that's why apologetics, to some extent, is is pre-evangelism in many ways. You're not expecting necessarily through apologetics to see people come to faith, but it may be it may be laying some of the groundwork to let them, to allow them to consider eventually the claims of Christ and and whether they can trust Him. Right, and that's a great way to put it, kind of the pre-evangelism, because obviously you and I both know there's a spirit that opens the eyes and opens the heart, uh, but it's that apologetic kind of dis- conversation you can have with someone to really bring them to a place where that can happen. Yeah, and there's there's this whole thing, you know, um, different people have different views on this, of can you argue someone into the kingdom? You know, could you just on the basis of logic and evidence and a rational argument um, make someone a Christian? Well, my view is that, no, you can't um, because it is a work of the heart um, as much as it is a work of the mind. I think you can give people good reasons. Um, I think... Most often, in my view, apologetics is about removing barriers to belief, which kind of clear the path for someone to then walk down towards towards Christ. Um, but they still have to have the will to make that journey. It's it's not as though taking the barriers away will force them to make the journey. They still have to. There still has to be a will, a motivation, a desire of the heart for God, for Christ. And I don't think you can instill that in someone through an argument, you, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does make sense. And I think this, what you're saying is going to probably kind of feed into the next uh, kind of answer to the question. But I was going to say that the kind of the main point of this is to really help bring people to a balanced view of apologetics, uh, whether they have never heard about it before or uh, they're hyper experienced or have apologetics. Because when we look at the Bible and we see faith and fact are important. Even with Luke, uh, you know, at the beginning of, I think it was chapter two or chapter three, when he goes into careful explanation of the places where he's at and the rulers that are ruling at the time, there's this there's this importance on fact, but also obviously on faith. So I guess the question to you is, what would you say to the, to the Christian that's very hyper-apologetics and that's all they kind of think about, or maybe hyper-experience and not even thinking, to gain a more balanced uh, view, because I definitely met some of the people that were hyper apologetics in Bible <laughs> college, and uh, they were quite—they uh, just always had a frown. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I, I think that's it, and and definitely you've put your finger on something that that can be an issue. And the problem is, I think that apologetics tends to appeal to a certain kind of individual. Um, let's say a more rationally minded type of person, someone who who really thrives on on logic and evidence, the kind of person whose favourite TV shows are, are going to be like Star Trek or something. Right. And, uh, <laughs> who I, I don't know, but do you know what I mean? It's 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 sort of it, it tends to fit a certain type of character. And then you might equally find that Christians you meet who are on the more emotional end of the spectrum tend to be those who kind of say, oh, all that apologetic stuff, you know, leave it. You've just got to reach people with with passion and everything. So so to some extent, it's about different characters. Um, I think, though, if we can try and get beyond that and, and help 
each type of person to see the value in what the other may be may be doing it, it can be helpful uh, certainly the the big danger for me of apologetics is that that it becomes a, another form of idolatry where we think that if i know the answers to all these questions and if i have all these clever arguments at my sleeve i will be able to you know essentially to show someone how to be a christian and and it can it can lead to a, a kind of a, a bit of an arrogance uh, on the part of some people in apologetics um especially especially if it's the kind of apologetics where you are doing a lot of interaction debating non-christians and atheists where it can easily breed that kind of very combative kind of feel to to the endeavor um so i think i think christians just need to be really careful of that and realize that like any good thing apologetics can end up being uh, abused um because by 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 sort of treating it uh, as more than it is um in in the end no one is one to christ um by our arguments really god if god in his grace uses us uh to sh to show that to people then great but um uh at the same time god could use a 4 year old uh, to lead someone to Christ in a way that your apologetics arguments never could because and, and so you just got to be really humble about that and realize it, apologetics e even though you might really enjoy it and it really appeals to that side of your personality um, it's not the only way God uses to to take people on a journey. Yeah, that's true. And, and you know what, Justin, a lot of people, and I, I mean, I'm sure you've uh, seen this in many people too, but a lot of people, the idea of apologetics and, and being able to make arguments based on science or philosophy or, or what have you, history, they love that. And they feel like if they just knew all those things, they'd be so much better at evangelism. Uh, but obviously not every Christian can be an expert in history, philosophy, science, uh, you know, biology, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you... I mean, do you have to be an expert in everything? <laughs> well, well, absolutely not, of course. And and um, the, the the thing is that um, I and I don't think of myself as an expert in any of these areas. The character of the evangelist is always paramount, and um, you know you can pick up facts and arguments along the way, but but character and the way you interact with someone is something that goes a lot deeper. And that's that's the first thing I think we should be concerned with because. Um, However good your arguments are, I think if if you come across as condescending and argumentative and not very nice, people won't won't even listen to start with. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and the and the the comments I'm often most thrilled by when people email in who are non Christians who listen to Unbelievable because they 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 listen to it as a podcast is is not is not necessarily when they say, you know, I thought that was a great argument from the Christian. It's when they say. Um, Justin, I really appreciate the way you moderate those discussions because I felt you gave a fair hearing to both sides. And and if if they're willing to come back, not even because they're being convinced by arguments, but because they they seeing something good being modelled, then for me that's a that's a great thing, and I, I'm really glad of that. Um, having said all that, of course, it's good to be able to give sensible answers when certain types of questions come up. And so absolutely, it's in the interest of any Christian to to be aware of issues, um, to, to try and, if they are getting into conversations regularly around, I don't know, suffering or something like that, to, to have a think through and get, get hold of some resources that will help them to, to, to think about how they would approach that subject. Because there can be answers which aren't helpful and, um, 
I think um, very often we we want to be ready to, as First Peter three fifteen says, give an answer, give give something that will give someone an indication of why we hold this to be so dear. So um, that doesn't mean you have to know all the answers, and and you couldn't possibly. And and frankly, sometimes the people who are the most clever apologists don't always make the best evangelists because um, you know. It, They can be great for resourcing people, um, but just knowing a lot of stuff and being very good at delivering it doesn't actually necessarily turn you into a great evangelist. Um, I think the people who do a brilliant job on both levels are people like um, John Lennox, who I've had on the show, who who marries a great intellect and and a super knowledge uh, of of the arguments, but also with a very winsome... Uh, very kind of uh, willing to hear and engage in dialogue kind of attitude, both both in front of the microphone and and off stage. You know when when he's having those conversations, uh, th- those are the people I think who 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 combine the best of both worlds in that sense. Exactly. No, that's really cool. And and as you say that, I'm I'm thinking about many Christian young adults who are in college and university, specifically secular colleges and universities, and and they are being bombarded with new worldviews, especially if they kind of grew up in the church and you know they've just been taught the Bible. They haven't really been taught apologetically uh, things. They've just been taught what the Bible says. At the same time, they're extremely busy, not with college and university, but they're getting married. They have jobs, babies, all the kind of things. So I guess the next question is what what practical things can, uh, you know, Christian young adults do uh, to really help themselves become more uh, apologetically trained in the midst of their crazy lives? Well, this is, this is a terrible plug for my own program, but uh, they could they could <laughs> download and listen to Unbelievable, um, and I would recommend we, that. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's one way. Uh, I I think what I, you know again blowing my own trumpet here, but I think what Unbelievable does is it does allow people to have a, a weekly kind of dose of where the arguments are, but not just to get information, but to because you hear. A dialogue you sort of hear both sides and and you kind of understand okay where people would go in that kind of a conversation and and you know if you listen to it for a long time you'll soon kind of get a sense of what kind of conversations are helpful and what are not because not every person who comes on unbelievable is is a perfect model of christian apologetics or how to have that discussion but but at least along the way you kind of you'll be able to make up your own mind about how how i would have handled that how i would do that um and and so that's one way. Um, that so so those who don't have time to sit down and pick up a book and read it from cover to cover, that you know, I I listen to a lot more podcasts than I read books, frankly, because I don't have the time to sit down and read the books. But when I'm on the move, I'll I'll often put a podcast on my on my iPod. Um, so so that's one way of doing it. Um, there are of course some great mini you know resources out there. Um, and uh, if again if if reading a whole book on the subject isn't your thing, but you'd like some bite sized stuff. Um, there, there are some excellent websites which give sort of uh, shorter form articles or um, video resources. Uh, there's, there's a new one actually. I've been very impressed by. Um, did an interview with the creators of it over the summer on my show called The Road. Um, in fact, it's theroad-uk.com. I think it's really aimed. Uh, they say at young adults. Um, and um, it covers a lot of bases, you know, science and faith, Jesus, the Bible, ethical issues. 
but done in kind of short video format and um and it's really good shareable stuff as well um and uh so i've been recommending them actually um because i think well i, I think actually it works across the the age spectrum um and and it's and it's very accessible uh and if you want to go into more depth then they've got links from there where you can where you can find more but i i'm i'm seeing a lot more apologetics organizations generally producing that that bite-sized material sean mcdowell sean mcdowell who i had on the show recently as you know uh has been doing a lot of that stuff you've got the the one minute apologist and others so um so there's plenty of stuff for those who who can't afford to sit down and read a whole book okay well for our listeners i'll definitely be posting some of the links that uh, mm. justin's been talking about uh, on the bottom of our uh, episode here. So um, kind of our one of our last questions here. I was wondering if you would enlighten us with some, maybe the current apologetic issues sort of being discussed today. If there are any new arguments, maybe there's new advances, uh, maybe people we need to be aware of um, in, in this world right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, there's so many areas and, and I, right. I, I get the joy of being able to pick and choose what sort of topics we, we're going to be uh, doing. I mean, the most recent one I did, actually, <clears throat> um, the, the latest podcast is on the multiverse, um, which um, has been gaining credence in many scientific circles, um, the, the idea that there's more than one universe. And 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 for this, this presents, if it's true, a significant challenge to the traditional um, fine-tuning argument. I say traditional, it's it's not been around that long, but it's uh, it's an argument that the universe is um, essentially designed to allow life to exist because of the extremely fine-tuned nature of the various constants and fundamental forces um, that, that it was birthed with. Um, that seems to point to design to a creator. Um, now, the major way that that the force of that argument could be escaped is if we do live in a, in a multiverse, many universes, and we just happen to be the one that came out with just the right um, set of set of numbers, if you like. Um, so, so that that that's a whole interesting area, and and I've been looking into that um, because I I I've I've been aware that actually as much as I and other Christians have said, well, there's no evidence for a multiverse. In fact, there are people out there saying, no, actually, there's quite good scientific evidence. So the last show we did was on that. Now, what's interesting is both of the Christian and the atheist I had on for that were essentially in agreement, actually, that they do think there's evidence for the multiverse. So I'm, I'm actually just working on a show now that we're going to do where we actually do more of a, a debate on that, um, where where we'll have someone who kind of is is actually um, sceptical of the multiverse theory. So so that's a kind of an interesting area. It's it's an area where where they, it's still developing, and it'll be interesting to see where that goes and. And what's the long-term prognosis for the for the fine-tuning argument? There are, you know, equally there are others who say, well, even if there's a multiverse, there'll be a kind of a whole area of fine-tuning issues there because there, there's that that whole system itself would need to be fine-tuned. And why would we find this particular universe? Um, it's far more likely other kinds of universes would would be in existence. So, so that's all a fascinating area if if you want to get into it. Um, there, there's, and then on a very different level, um, uh, we had a fascinating article come out here in the UK in, in one of our magazines called The New Statesman, um, just, just in the last couple of weeks by a historian called Tom Holland. And, um, he's been on an interesting journey. In fact, I'm tr hoping to get him on the show in a not too distant future where, and the, the article was about what he describes as his return to Christianity. Um, not necessarily in terms of, 
an orthodox doctrinal Christianity, though it'd be interesting to know how far along that journey he is. But having sort of, as a historian, he sort of started out believing the general narrative that Christianity kind of held us back and was um, not not good for us. You know, the Enlightenment rescued us from the dark ages that Christianity brought along. And then he went, and then he went, and actually, in his studies, looking at it, realised it was absolutely the, the other way around. Christianity um, is the foundation on which Western civilization is based. And if you look at the other competing philosophies and structures and civilizations of the ancient world, Christianity was utterly revolutionary. Um, and, and, and so he, he um, wrote this very, you know, almost, uh, <laughs> it could almost describe it as apologetics. Um, but this, this article in the mainstream about, you know, why he got Christianity wrong. And, um, and, and I think that's really interesting stuff that we, where, where we've got, you know, historians, you know, who, you know, you would describe as secular historians who are, who are posting that kind of writing those kinds of articles for, for national magazines. Um, we should, uh, celebrate that, and we should um, we, we should be encouraging our friends who maybe have bought into some sort of a, a secularist version of history to 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 look at that and and to read that stuff. Um, yeah, so there's just a couple of couple of areas that I've found interesting recently. No, thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. As we wrap up now, Justin, where or how, I guess how can people uh, you know you know listen to your show? I'm I'm sure they're interested and uh, and learn more about who you are and and the work that you do. Well, the easiest way, if you're listening anywhere other than in the UK, is simply to go to the podcast. Um, and indeed, that's the way a lot of people in the UK listen as well. Um, the show itself um, broadcasts on Saturdays on Premier Christian Radio. So anyone who can tune in that way can do that at 2.30 on Saturday afternoons. But yeah, basically, the podcast is the place to go. So um, you can find all the links at, at our website, which is premierchristianradio.com slash unbelievable um start where you like on the podcast there's literally about eight or nine years worth now of of shows um to, to that you can scroll through um and hopefully you know you'll find some that that look interesting from the titles but what what i often get this um people who start listening and then say i've been like downloading your podcasts like incessantly for for the last year i'm nearly up to date um and uh, and i i find that amazing when people do that uh, that but um yeah it, it feels like sometimes pe- people who really get into it really get into it they really love binging on the back catalog but uh uh yeah so <laughs> people don't just binge watch on netflix anymore they binge listen on <laughs> it, podcasts it, so. exactly i mean i hope and i hope that in a sense because we tend to tackle big subjects that are in a sense timeless that you could go back right. five, five years and listen well, to course. a show and still find actually that's a perfectly relevant argument around a big issue that that hasn't really changed that much so exactly yeah. no that's great and and uh just for our listeners I'll, I'll put down that link that uh, uh justin's been talking about on the episode podcast page as well well anyways justin that was great and uh, i just counted a privilege again to be able to uh, uh talk with you and uh, yeah thank you so much for all of your uh, for all your wisdom well thank you isaac and thank you to to everything you do as well and and all the very best so good to be able to revisit this conversation with Justin. If you'd like to find out more about Justin Brierley and his podcast, Unbelievable, you can check it out at premierchristianradio.com or on YouTube. 
And like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we're doing a small throwback series, so we'd love for you to join us again next week as we're jumping back to 2017 to hear from Tim Mackey from The Bible Project and pick up the conversation of why we should study the Bible. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 